chapter 4. If you're following also, if you're doing the uh, Lenten reading of Matthew, um, this was actually in Matthew chapter 4, this was the reading for yesterday. Um, But we're reading from the book of Luke, uh, chapter 4, 1 through 13. Uh, Another familiar uh, part of Scripture concerning the life of Jesus. And as we begin the first Sunday of Lent, which uh, this is not the first day of Lent, but um, part of why we take time to, to, you know, I, would, I don't want to use the word celebrate, but really to focus maybe on Lent uh, is really because of this uh, event in the life of Christ. Um, and what is Lent? Uh, so look at Luke chapter 4, 1 through 13. This is what the word of the Lord says. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led about by the Spirit in the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days, and when they had ended, he became hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. And he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship before me, it shall all be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And he led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He, he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So for us, uh, we take 40 days. Uh, it is not mandatory. It is not. I know that there are, there's literature that says that Lent is not even in the Scripture. Why should we do it? Well, actually, the word Lent isn't, but self-denial surely is. Uh, We are to deny ourselves. We take this time uh, to focus a little more clearly. Uh, Not that we don't focus on on self-denial throughout the year, but this gives us an important time uh, to focus uh, on our own experience of self-denial, of suffering, uh, as we will, as we give up uh, whatever you may choose, um, to to kind of hone in on what Jesus went through in these forty days uh, in the wilderness. Uh, so, what is Lent? Uh, Lent uh, hopefully uh, is a time for us to remember uh, 
just like we do Advent before Christmas, uh, it's unfortunately, it's much less understood. I think Advent is easy for us to understand because we look forward to something. Children are taught very early how to look forward to Christmas morning. Uh, so when the pastor gets up and starts talking about looking forward to Christmas, it just clicks. We get it, right? But the message of Lent is a little different and a little harder to understand. It's a message of depriving yourself. It's a message of looking into our own heart, reflecting on our own sinfulness, our own temptations, finding strength in Scripture and prayer, and ultimately looking to the cross and to see Christ and to see Him being nailed on the cross for our sin. Uh, unless, you know, and none of you in here are a monk or a nun, uh, this is not what we normally do. And that's what makes it important. So when the pastor gets up and starts talking about depriving yourself, reflecting on sin, uh, about using Lent to, to realize, you know, our temptations and our faults, it, it's not, it doesn't come so easy for us sometimes. Easter, we understand, uh, it's the joyous day of Christ's resurrection, and of course we will celebrate that. But to get to that, we have to focus first on uh, Lent. In the scriptures, the number 40 uh, is definitely uh, symbolic of suffering. You have Noah uh, in the ark and it rained 40 days. You have the children of Israel uh, wandering around the wilderness for 40 years. You have Jesus being tempted uh, by Satan himself, by the devil, uh, for 40 days. You know, the truth is we can't understand the miracle of Christmas without the cross. And that's the same about Easter. We really can't be that great. Uh, it can't be that great a celebration until you focus on the suffering. We cannot know the true excitement and joy of Easter without knowing the darkness, the pain, the sacrifice of the cross. And so it's, it's important, it's important, and it's no coincidence that we look at the temptation of Jesus. For a lot of denominations, the first Sunday of Lent is kicked off with the reading of the temptation of Jesus. Uh, and again, as I mentioned, 40 days, Lent is 40 days long. Jesus' time in the desert was 40 days. Um, so as we are continuing this 40-day journey, if you will, of Lent, uh, there's three things that each of us should reflect on. First, as we look to this scripture, we should realize our own temptations and know that even through this, Jesus is with us as he was tempted. Second, we should turn to scripture when we're tempted because that's what Jesus did. And then we should look at the cross because it's at the cross that Jesus takes all of our failings all of our sin, and saves us from this burden. So the first step along the way is realizing and dealing with temptation. No one person, uh, there's not one person, not even Jesus, who wasn't tempted. You used to have a corps officer that would say that without Christ, we are 
rotten to the core. And that's, that's true. We don't want to see ourselves like that. Now, of course, we are righteous because of God and because of Christ, but without Christ, we are rotten. Uh, and, and in fact, for many people, if you're not saved, you're not tempted. You, because sinfulness is just your nature. But for those of us who belong to Christ, we battle sin, we battle Satan, we, we can be victorious, that doesn't mean we're perfect, we are still human, but temptation is a part of being human. What, what are we supposed to do with something that has such a strong and, and constant pull on our lives? First thing that you, you and I need to know is that you're not alone when you're tempted. Christ himself walked the path of temptation. Now, I don't know uh, if demons tempt you or me, but for sure, Satan himself tempted Christ. Christ, has, Christ knows what it's like for us because he's walked this path. Now, think about it. Before he even started his ministry, before he ever preached one sermon, before he ever healed anyone, before he even had a single uh, convert, who led him into the wilderness? Not Satan. The Holy Spirit led him to be tested. Christ desperately wanted to help the poor. He wanted to heal people. He wanted to bring the kingdom of God uh, on this earth. And what does Satan say? Just look to these rocks at your feet. And I know you're hungry, but you can have bread. Now, I did a little research and found out that many of the stones in the wilderness, they kind of already had the look of bread to them. Now, you know, when you're hungry, everything in the grocery store looks good. You know, that's what they say. You can't, don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry. Uh, you know, I, I love uh, the, the, the little Facebook quote that says, I'm hungry, so I've got 20 minutes before I'm a different person. Uh, we would call that hangry. Uh, so I think when the scripture says, and he became hungry, he was probably famished. Uh, we say all the time, oh, I'm starving. We're not starving. Uh, you know, most of us don't go four or five hours without food. I can't imagine 40 days. And Satan knew that he was hungry. Satan knows your temptation. There's not two people today who have the same exact temptations. There are some people in this world that can barely go in the grocery store and see alcohol without being tempted. That's not me. Now, when I see a box of Krispy Kreme donuts, that's when I have to start praying. Right? They're all different. All of our temptations are different. Uh, all of these temptations that Jesus faced, they were different temptations. One was for uh, nourishment, something that we all need. And then look at the next uh, temptation. The, verse 5, it's very interesting to me. It says, He led him up and showed him all the kings of the world in a moment of time. So I don't know if this was somehow they... they uh, went around the world or just in his mind, he, he led him to all these different kingdoms. 
You know, one of the things that we all deal with is pride. We talk jokingly about this, uh, everybody gets 15 minutes of fame. We, we like to be known. We like to be patted on the back. We like to uh, sometimes be given awards and, and applause. And Satan was saying to Christ, you know what? Won't you be the real king? I can give you all this. I think it's interesting that he says to Jesus that it was handed over to me. Well, who do you think gave that to you? You know, it's interesting to see that every temptation, though very different, was still met with the same weapon, Scripture. It is written, it is written, it is said. Now let me just say this to you. If you don't know the Scriptures, you're not going to make it through temptation. Jesus did not have the Old Testament in His hand when this was going on. He had, he had memorized the Scripture. We today need to still be about memorization when it comes to Scripture. The psalmist said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And so it's important to understand that if we're not reading the Scriptures, if we're not uh, focusing on them, not just during Lent season, but all throughout our lives, then we are powerless when we are tempted. The only weapon that we have, according to Scripture, is Scripture. Everything else that Paul talks about in Ephesians, uh, it's the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, all of that is to defend you. All of that is to keep you safe, to protect you. But if you cannot use your sword correctly, you are going to get killed spiritually. I want, you can't help but wonder while he's being tempted if he is seeing into the future at the Garden of Gethsemane and remember praying so hard that his sweat turned to blood and hear him say, Father, take this burden from me. You know, it's kind of like Satan is saying, here's door number one, and, you know, you can turn this stone into bread. You can, and it wasn't, what's wrong with turning stones into bread? Because he was using his power. If he did that, he was using his power to benefit him. And yet, Scripture reminds us that everything Jesus did was to fulfill the will of his Father, not himself. So in his mind, it would have been sinful to turn those stones into bread. And of course, the other temptations pretty much explain themselves. God's not, Jesus isn't going to worship Satan, but that's the one thing that Satan wants is to be worshiped. Christ knows what it's like for you and me. He understands the power that sin holds. He knows what it's like to have temptation drown your every thought. Look at the, verse 13. And when the devil had finished every temptation... He departed from him until an opportune time. And he does the same with you and I. He'll tempt you. Hopefully you can pray, withstand the temptation by God's strength, and the test will go away, but the devil never stops. You know, and then of course, Satan is basically saying, door number one is great. You know, you, you can be worshipped. But door number two is a very painful death. It's rejection. 
It's dying on the cross, and yet he chose that because that was the will of his Father. Jesus even said, not my will, but your will be done. The pull of temptation is a powerful thing that we often underestimate. Underestimating how powerful temptation is uh, reminds me of the story of a, it's called the story of the great tuna run of 1998. And when I say tuna, I'm talking about the fish, not the little canned tuna you get. The tuna were running for the first time in 47 years, 30 miles off Cape Cod, and they were biting. All you needed to catch one was a sharp hook and some bait. The rewards for doing so were very substantial. Rumor had it that Japanese buyers would pay $50,000 for a bluefin tuna. So many would-be fishermen ignored Coast Guard warnings and headed out to sea in small boats. What the fishermen didn't realize was that the problem is not catching a tuna. The problem comes after they're caught. So on September 23rd, the Christiane, a 19-foot boat, capsized while doing battle with one tuna fish. That same day, a 27-boat suffered the same fate, while another boat called Official Business, a 28-footer, was swamped after it hooked on to a 600-pound tuna. The tuna literally pulled the boat underwater. These fishermen underestimated the power of the fish they were trying to catch. You see, that's what temptation does. It takes you by surprise. It looks manageable. It's fun to flirt with temptation. But if it gets its hooks into you, you will discover how strong it really is. And usually it's too late. We find ourselves being pulled underwater. We find ourselves in a situation we never dreamed of. You and I have heard people say it over and over. How did I get to this point? How did I let my marriage fall apart? How did I let you know this happen or that happen? Little temptations. Little by little, you fall and you fall and you fall. Nobody wakes up one morning and says, you know what? think I'm going to cheat on my spouse today. But with, with a certain text or a certain visit, and they just keep enticing their own self. That's what James tells us. Why are we tempted? Our own selfish desires. We need to realize our temptations. We need to admit them. We need to finally face our temptations. But the good news is, friends, you don't face your temptations alone. Using the illustration of giant tunas pulling us under, you can't help but remember the famous quote from the classic movie Jaws, we need a bigger boat. We need scripture to find our strength. We need to rely on God's word. Again, it's the people love to say, prayer is my weapon, not according to scripture. Prayer is wonderful. It keeps us in tune with God. But the weapon that we have is the scriptures. That's why it's, it's important to put a huge emphasis on this scripture during Lent. That is why uh, it's important to uh, take some time, maybe time that you don't usually take, 
to read the scriptures and to pray a little more earnestly during this time. Think about it. If, and you don't have to share this, but if any of you have given up anything for Lent, I guarantee you, you've thought about it a lot. There's that thought, oh man, there's that uh, place I used to go eat uh, lunch or there's that soda I would usually drink. And it's almost like you open the refrigerator and it all just starts talking to you. You know, I jokingly say Major Donna Murphy brought up Wendy's and my, my, my Mia looked at me like, oh, she's talking about you. I didn't give up Wendy's, by the way. But we're never alone. There is strength in numbers. You ever heard that? God does not leave us to take this journey by ourselves. Temptation is real, but so is God. God gives us tools that we can use to resist temptation. Now I'm going to give you a, I'm going to say this to you. And outside of Philippians 4.13, it's probably one of the most misunderstood, misused scriptures ever. People will take scripture that says that you and I will not be tempted beyond what we can bear. But when we are tempted, God provides a way of escape. That does. People will take that scripture, though, and say, God will never give you more than you can handle. Yes, he does. That's not temptation. That's life. But God will not allow you and I to be tempted to the point where it will overcome us. There will always be a way of escape. It's just, do you really want to escape the temptation? I don't know if you've seen lately on America's Funniest Home Videos, the parents will put out some candy in front of the child and say, now you can't have this until I come back. And they'll have them sitting there just looking at this candy. And sometimes, you know, they'll they'll take a piece or, you know, they'll play with it. One boy, he just kept playing with it and playing with it until it was all in his mouth. You know, we do that. Temptation... If we play with it, it will bite us eventually. You've heard the little illustration of the the, the boy wandering around uh, and saying, you know, he's out in the woods and he sees a snake and the snake says, can you help me? I promise I won't bite you. Can you get me out of this area? And when he picks up the snake, it bites him. He said, well, you, you said you wouldn't bite me. And he said, you knew what I was when you picked me up. You can't play with temptation and not think you won't be bitten. You won't feel the venom of sin go in you and cause damage. Despite how much we try, despite how much we read the Scriptures and, we re- and rely on the Holy Spirit, there are times when you will fall short. You will sin and Satan will not give up. But it's important to understand that he didn't give up on Jesus and yet Jesus was victorious. You can find strength today by resting in the Scriptures. There will come a time uh, when another temptation will come. Uh, Sometimes we're tempted as believers not to do certain things, but think certain things. And yet it's, it's important to understand that the greatest lesson you and I can learn this day is that all of our sin all of the things that we fail in life with have been taken care of on the cross. Waiting at the end of Lent, if you fast forward, is Holy Week. At the end of Holy Week waits the cross. 
And it is there that all of our failings rest. It is there that sin was taken care of. It is there with the blood of Jesus that we find our true freedom. There on the cross, we receive the greatest gift ever, the freedom for the burden that rested on our shoulders, freedom from sin, freedom from the penalty of of death as a result of all of our sin. Christ takes them all. When When we say Jesus died on the cross, that's true. But we also need to remember even greater, the Bible says that Jesus didn't just die for our sin, Christ became sin. He became the very thing that keeps us away from God. So as the Son of God takes the hard road, takes door number two and dies, He did it for you and me. That's what we need to remember most this Lenten season. Jesus did not take the easy road and give in to temptation to give us temporary earthly relief. He took the hard road giving each one of us eternal relief. We need, when we fall for temptation, we are taking earthly pleasure over eternal reward. And we need to remember this truth, not just during these 40 days of Lent, but each day that we live, we are reminded that when we are tempted, we're not alone, that we can use the Scriptures, we can identify with Jesus' journey to the cross, even a little bit, probably more than any people on earth, Western culture does not deal well with suffering. Think about it. We basically give ourselves time to suffer. And then we go back to our normal life. But friends, it's in the suffering that we learn who Jesus is. Not just learn from a mental standpoint, but we find out who He is. The Scriptures remind us that if we suffer with Him, we will be glorified with Him. When you're tempted, go to the Scriptures. And when you go to the Scriptures, you will have the weapon that you need. There's only one weapon. It's the sword of truth. It's the the Bible, the Word of God, that gives us the ability. We don't have it in and of ourselves, but we we have the ability to stand and say, I can withstand this temptation. Evangeline's going to come and play for us, uh, lest I forget Gethsemane. And you know, when you think about, uh, Max Licato actually wrote a book called And the Angels Were Silent. And in that book, he says uh, that it was actually in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus found victory. Because it was there where he made up his heart and mind that he would fulfill God's plan for our redemption. And so maybe in this Lenten season, we find ourselves in a place of suffering. We find ourselves in a place that is dark and seems alone. But friends, because of Jesus, you're not alone. Because of Jesus, you have power over temptation. Because of the Word of God, you have a weapon to fight against the evil in this world. As the song's being played, I would invite you to come and pray. Maybe if you're battling a temptation, or maybe not a temptation, maybe 
You just, you just need to be closer to the Lord. This is a wonderful, wonderful time of the year to grow close, to, to get to, uh, we, again, we don't like to get close to suffering, but it's in Jesus' suffering that we see how wonderful the resurrection truly is. Give yourself these moments to pray and grow closer to the Lord.